Thank you, Emery. Well, I invite you to stand as you are able for our gospel lesson today. I want to remind you, I'm talking about the psalms and the genres of the psalms. Um, We've talked about praise two weeks ago. John spoke of lament last week. And this week, I am speaking of the royal psalms that um, are found within the book of Psalms. The royal psalms remind us of leadership. They remind us of what the people of God intend for uh, leaders to look like and for society to look like. So our first scripture lesson comes from Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 33. It's Palm Sunday. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord needs it. And then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of the psalms that are identified in the Bible as royal psalms, Psalm 72 Pat says, are we talking about Psalm 72? And I'm thinking, which royal psalm did I choose? Psalm 72, which is an example of the royal psalms within the book of Psalms. And let us hear this song, this piece of poetry together and think of what it means in terms of leadership, in terms of society, and in terms of the song the heart sings. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the needy and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down and lick the dust. May his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. 
May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service, for he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy from oppression and violence. He redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all day long. May there be an abundance of grain in the land and may it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May all nations be blessed in him. May they pronounce him happy or blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who does wonderful things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. And may his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Let us pray. Lord, use your servants' lips and your people's ears and hearts that they may be joined together so that the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. Out of the seven major categories of psalms, today we are looking at the category of the royal psalm, and what an interesting time to be looking at that. We've seen something in the last ten days that we haven't seen for seven decades, and that is there is a king in England beginning his reign. It's not something that we see very often And some of us want to act like we don't see it. There was that whole little mishmash in 1776 that uh, made us not exactly have a king ourselves. And yet, there is undeniably a kind of special relationship that we have with our Anglican brethren and sisters across the Atlantic. And so, we see playing out in front of us... This, this transition of power, this end of one era and this beginning of another era. And we're reminded of what in some way we all want. Our hearts want to sing this song, longing to live in a certain kind of place, led by men and women who have a certain kind of character. Our hearts just know that there is a way to live that's blessed. And there's a way to live that we don't want to live. I have a number of friends in Haiti, and since the assassination of the president in Haiti, there has been complete lawlessness, and the only law is the law that is imposed on the land by a group of gangs that are continuing to continuing to um, provide a sense of stability, although not a great sense of stability. 
But here we've seen in the last 10 days the, the end of an era seamlessly moving over to the beginning of another era and, and starting to see the Commonwealth nations with this longing heart, this heart that wants a certain kind of land, this heart that wants to be led by a certain kind of leader, men and women of character. First of all, this is a song of justice. The word justice and righteousness and equity and all of these kinds of things, we, we recognize them all throughout the Psalms, all throughout the prophets. But in this Psalm, we see very clearly a prayer that justice would prevail. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Later on in the psalm, we're still talking about this. He delivers the needy when they call, the poor, and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and he saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. So we have here these dual themes of justice and righteousness. This is what we want to see lived out in the world. We want the world to be a just and righteous place. This is the character we want to see from the leader of a land. The character of justice and righteousness. Justice. The uplifting of that which is right and the deterrence and prevention of that which is wrong and oppressive. When justice rolls down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, the, there are segments of society that don't get forgotten. When justice rolls down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, good conduct is rewarded and that which is damaging to the community is discouraged. Justice. And then there's righteousness, this characteristic of doing right. The quality of a person who is, who is moved toward, who is inclined toward some kind of sound moral mooring. This song that we want to sing in our hearts. It's a song of justice. It's a song of righteousness. Because we understand that for us to flourish as men and women of faith, there's got to be this evolving stability. This, on the one hand, this stability through change. But also, this, this change in spite of stability. The Bible talks about this in terms of order versus chaos. And from the very beginning, creation itself... Creation itself is viewed to be this picture of disorder... Two of my favorite Hebrew words, easy to remember. Tohu vabohu. The earth is formless and void. There is nothing but nothingness. And God takes that chaotic water in the very beginning. God takes the sheer material of chaos and brings order to it. And that order expresses itself in antelopes oak trees, our solar system, the laws of physics, the laws of nutrition, 
This order comes to us and, and we get to participate in that order and, and benefit from that order. Order of nature or society is a blessing. But there are always these forces of chaos that threaten to upend what order is here. And in the Bible, it's very interesting that in the first chapter of the Bible, we have chaos that becomes order. And then six chapters in, we have the flood which takes the order that has come into the world and turns it back into chaos again. And then following the flood, there is this new order that comes, this order that you and I enjoy. The effective leader of a nation, of the PTA, of a family as a matriarch or patriarch, the effective leader leads well and his or her leadership benefits from knowing God and sharing godliness. And that's why people say, God save the queen. God save the king. God keep this order that we have managed through your grace to enjoy. Keep that order going. And so the psalm says, May he live while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. Long may he live, may gold of Sheba be given to him, may prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all day long. Where there is good leadership, where there is order and stability, people want that to continue for decade after decade. This may be the first and last photograph of Queen Elizabeth II, the first as an infant, the last just two days before her death, receiving the newest prime minister that she had the opportunity to receive. Talk about a long life, seven decades of service, and we see how despite changing governments, despite situations from World War II to the miners' strike, to entering into the 21st century, we see how there has been some stability and we get an understanding of why people in the ancient world would have prayed for their kings and queens to be righteous, to be just, but also to live for a long, long, long time. Because there is this evolving stability. We want things to be stable, even if they must change. We want them to change in a way that's consistent with stability. There's a persistent need that we have not to leave things alone, but to commit continually to a vision of the world God intends for us to inhabit. I love G.K. Chesterton, the Prince of Paradox, and G.K. Chesterton reminds us that even if we want things to stay the same, we've got to keep working at keeping things the same. This is one of my favorite Chesterton quotes, although there are about two million Chestertonian quotes. There's this idea that if you leave things alone, you leave them as they are, but you do not. 
If you leave a thing alone, you leave it to a whole torrent of change. If you leave a white post alone, it will soon be a black post. If you particularly want it to be white, you must always be painting it again. That is, you must always be having this revolution. Briefly, if you want the old white post, you must have a new white post. Even for things to stay the same, we must recommit ourselves again and again to what it is that we want the kind of world that we're looking toward, where justice and righteousness prevail, where there is this ongoing sense of stability that is given to us. And that produces this song of joy that comes from our hearts. At work, there is this idea that where there is good leadership, where there is a king in the ancient world, In a democracy or a republic, elected officials, in other types of government, different types of people, but we want for this song of joy in the world to to come to pass, and so we want people with a specific character who create a specific kind of world. And there is this idea, listen, there is this idea that when that kind of leadership is expressed, when that kind of society is born, it actually causes creation itself to flourish. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. When the world is governed well, God has made this land so that it produces for food and for sustenance. May there be an abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. So the king is righteous. And he promotes justice. The king in the Bible is to maintain order, but it's an evolving order that remains committed to God's vision for the world, even as the world changes. And under a good king, the earth itself prospers and yields blessing for God's people. Now, here's where we're going to turn for a moment from the Old Testament to the New Testament because in the New Testament, the ideal king is presented to us as Jesus. Jesus is recognized as the ideal king there on Palm Sunday from the the Gospel of Luke that we read earlier. Jesus is recognized as the one who is coming to do what everyone else had merely pointed to. As they were untying the colt, the answer say, the owners say to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. And then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives... The whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen. And they said, 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And some of the Pharisees didn't like what they were hearing, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. We yearn for a just and a righteous king who maintains order, who keeps those destructive forces of chaos at bay, and whose reign makes the earth fruitful and blessed. This is why the ancient psalmists broke into song. This is why the followers of Jesus, as he comes down the Mount of Olives and and enters in, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And for this, our hearts cry out. Our hearts cry out for a world where justice rolls down like the waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Our hearts yearn for a king who loves us, who governs and watches over us, and who invites us to the joys of his kingdom. For this, our hearts cry out. Our hearts cry out in dozens of ways. Our hearts cry out through song. And Emory and people like her use their voice. Our hearts cry out through instruments. And Jacob and Margaret and the band use their fingers and their movements. Our hearts cry out through poetry. John Donne, batter my heart, three-personed God. Our hearts cry out. Our hearts cry out when we see someone mistreated. When we see someone left out, our hearts cry out for justice and righteousness. And on any given week, you can see a dozen different ways people's hearts are crying out at Centenary. Yesterday, in the morning, people's hearts were crying out for justice by unscrewing oil filters. On Wednesday, by getting together and learning in class. This coming week, our volunteers and mission team will go and put a room on the back of a woman's home who lives in a shed. On Sunday morning, we sing. Our hearts cry out. And dear Christians... If we don't cry out in the presence of the king who has given himself for us, if we don't cry out giving thanks for forgiveness of sins and grace and peace, if we don't cry out what God has done for this world, the stones themselves will lift their voices in the praise of Jesus the king.
Dear Christians, cry out. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we long for a day when our faith becomes sight. We long for that time when justice does roll down and righteousness flow. We long for a time when chaos is kept at bay and the kind of order that you intend for the world is enjoyed by every living creature. Thank you for this vision of these songs as kings ascended to the throne in the ancient world, as prayers were lifted up for kings that had served well, as prayers were lifted up for kings that hadn't served well, but your people always had hope that conversion of heart and life were possible. King Jesus, we are your people and your subjects. You are our Lord and our King. We cry out with your disciples, Hosanna. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord to bring us that glorious day when all shall be well. And all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. In Jesus' name. Amen.